0: Just turn that so, off, yeah, get some
1: fucking. I need all your focus, I need all your focus because we're back. This is Chewing the Facts. Everyone, welcome back. I am your host, Johnny. Uh, I wanted to say a big thank you for all of you who tuned in for the entire first season. Your support means a lot to me. Um, I don't know if you checked out the recap, but I talked about more or less all of the episodes that I had done in the first season, what I learned about them, talking about some of my favorite moments and some of the most embarrassing ones. Now we're into season two. And this is my first episode, and I have my first guest, Mr. Phil Faubert, and I am so excited to have you here. I say that almost every episode, but I really, really am excited to have Phil here because Phil and I have known each other for a few years, but we've had quite an interesting journey both together and as individuals. So Phil, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Well, hi everyone, uh, and uh, thanks for having me on, Johnny. Obviously, I'm a big fan of uh, what you've uh, kind of created in the past year. Season one's been really interesting to listen to. For it. And uh, yeah, really happy and proud of you, man, because uh, you know you definitely have a gift, and uh, it's. Uh, I think uh, you're onto something uh, really incredible, and a lot of people are really talking about this. So super, that. super proud of you, and yeah, obviously so grateful to be on. And uh, yeah, just looking to share my story with you and our experiences. Please, just,
1: I would love to know more about Phil. So tell us a bit about, about your past, like what you've done, where you came from.
0: Yeah, so I grew up in Ottawa, um, born in uh, Gloucester, and yeah. uh, started. Is it Gloucester or Gloucester? What's it? Is it properly? Uh, well, I'm French Canadian, so I say it quicker. Gl- you know? Gloucester. <laughs> Gloucester. But I think it's Gloucester. Okay. Um, okay. So that's kind of where I grew up, and then family moved to kind of the. East End Orleans, yeah. a little well, later on, so yeah. a little bit more French Canadian, uh, part of the, the roots over there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so obviously, me and you have a big restaurant background and started working in restaurants at a very young age 18 years old. Eastside Mario's uh, was my first restaurant job. That shop. was your first restaurant job. That been. was my first. East Sides. Yeah, bada boom, bada bang. Um <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, great experience, obviously, a big franchise, really good place to learn how to serve, obviously. Yeah. Free bread, free soup, free salad, free refills, Amazing. birthdays, left, right, and center. I mean, it's <laughs> the, in worst. the shit. You were in the shit. Yeah. But you learn a lot. You yeah. learn how to t- handle a lot of volume, a lot of tables yeah. at, uh, at a young age, right? So it kind of paved the pathway for bigger and better things in the restaurant industry. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's important for anyone
1: who has worked in the restaurant industry uh, or for anyone who hasn't. I mean... This will be new for those of you who haven't, and this will be old news for those of us who have. Um, if you get an opportunity to work at a big chain or a big franchise, generally speaking, the training is so fucking good. It really is. They have a set program, and the, this is the way that things are done. This is the, where things go. There's no guesswork. So you get this extremely strong foundation, like you said, Absolutely. of fundamentals and ability to handle volume, um, proper work ethic. Even uniform cleanliness, like this shit, this shit gets burned into your brain when you work at these big franchises. So it's good. It, it's it's really is good, especially when you're starting out in the industry. To starting work out is like key that. to go yeah, to a yeah.
0: franchise, and not just that they're consistent, right? So you're busy, so you're making money. You're not making you know fine dining, you know bar style, you know yeah money, but it's still consistent enough to keep you motivated, exactly. and keep working and learning. So yeah, so that's kind of all start. That's how my restaurant experience started. Um, back in East Ottawa. Yeah. uh, Made a lot of good friends to this day. I still talk to a lot of people from that restaurant and just kind of graduated kind of from that, right?
1: Moving up up to various various venues, various locations and positions. The thing that always struck me as odd is that we only met really when we opened Ace.
0: Yeah, that's the first time we met. Which is weird
1: because we've both been in, in the restaurant business in Ottawa for fucking years. So the fact that we never crossed paths it was strange. Was really, 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 really weird. But so Phil and I, we opened up with obviously with many other gears in the machine. We opened up a restaurant in downtown Ottawa called Ace Mercado. And we're going to tell you guys all about that. This restaurant, if you're from Ottawa and you, you partied in the last fucking 10 years, you know what Ace was. And you know the fucking... Crazy shit show that this place was. So we're going to tell you all about our restaurant experience together and where we came from. But the, the first thing I want to talk to you about with Phil is that we've only known each other for a few years, but who we were five, six years ago versus who we are now, we're two very, very different people. Um, Phil is a, a very successful up and coming um, entrepreneur Thank you.
0: Thank you very moving much for
1: forward that. with a product that is literally world changing. And um, he was working with another friend of mine, Kat Plouf, and uh, Leah Lauren, a few people that I know, and I'm very proud of them all. So both of us having restaurant backgrounds and him becoming an entrepreneur and following a passion and having this work ethic and this pride in something he's passionate about, and then myself moving on to acting and, and all that kind of stuff and producing this podcast and doing other creative artistic avenues... Working in a restaurant really set that foundation for It really did. Giving you that structure. And I think really when you work for someone long enough and you realize like I don't want to be at the bottom of the food chain anymore. I have to stand out, I have to do something different. And That's and that's how it all started for both of us in terms of different goals, like same kind of path, but different goals. So tell me and tell the audience as an entrepreneur, like what what was the spark? What was it? How did you know? I mean, you never knew that you were going to end up here with this product that you're going to talk about. But how did you know that? Like, this is
0: I, I want to do something for myself. I want to create. Yeah, I. It, you know, that's a great question, and it's something that I think about all the time. And it really, all started from just my experience as being a server. You know, being in Ottawa, serving for multiple, working at multiple venues, and. I would just get a lot of positive feedback on what I was doing, you know. Customer service was my number one priority at all times, you know. And uh, I just became, you know, a pretty known waiter around the city as like very good at what I did. And I just started to realize that I could do this myself, you know. And that's kind of where I started to have the dream and vision of, I wanna open up a restaurant. Yeah. You know? I'm working in these restaurants, I'm making you know these other entrepreneurs and businessmen a lot of money. Yeah. And what is stopping me from doing this? Yeah. So at a you know, in my early 30s, I started to really take the take on that that vision, that energy, that dream. And I just literally worked at that goal. you know four or five years to create a restaurant and I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't come easy obviously and uh, I met a lot of great people along along the way that helped me achieve that that goal but uh, that was when I really started to realize that I could do this myself Mm -hmm. and it was just from me working as a waiter and just hearing other restaurateurs saying you know you're one of the best ways I've ever seen it. you're really good. Why don't you open your own spot? Yeah, you exactly. hear that a few times. And you're like, and like You
1: start, like, why the fuck don't I open up, up a new spot? And so often, it's your own fucking self holding it back. You're finding excuses. People love to find excuses. It's like, oh, well, I don't have enough money or like, I don't really feel like it right now. is going to be too much work or I don't, you know, I can't find a venue or it's, are you actually looking for the venue? Are you trying to meet these people? Are you willing to put in the hours? And no matter what your once again what your goal or your dream is but whether you as an entrepreneur and a business owner or myself as an actor unless you're willing to put the work in it's
0: all about it's, that it's work it's
1: all the fucking it's just a fucking dream it's just a dream if you're not willing to put the fucking work in and you can attest to this I can attest to this anyone out there who has any degree of success can attest to the fact that it doesn't fucking come overnight like you got to work for it yeah. like if, if I skip a week or a few weeks of the podcast because I'm not feeling it or it's just because like, eh, it's not my thing. It's just like, okay, that's the same thing as you taking a few weeks off of meetings from your business. It's like, how do you fucking think that's gonna work? Like, is it gonna
0: help your dream? Is it gonna Absolutely benefit you in any no. fucking
1: way? No, you gotta stick to it. Eat shit for a couple years, yeah.
0: so you get can get those reps out of here here, for you know, like You gotta put the time in, you gotta get those reps in. Yeah. And that's how it all started. So I had a, I always had a specific location in mind that yeah. I was like, you know what? There was this old restaurant that was there for a very long time. And I just, every day going to work, I would walk by this restaurant and I would tell myself, I'm going to own this restaurant one day. And I did that probably for a good eight to, you know, five to eight years, That's every fucking day. fucking wild. Yeah, and that was the- that was, no, yeah, that, that was, yeah, that was it. It was, what was it? It was called Mangia. Before. Mangia, it was and a
1: and tiny place, for, yeah.
0: forever. And I used to sit there, yeah. sometimes just go right in front and literally meditate manifest, that I would own this restaurant yeah. and when I really flicked that switch that I, I knew I was going all in, I uh, I just knew, I proposed it, I think this is the right, you know, location for this concept and it actually worked yeah. but uh, obviously there was a lot of work that went behind the scenes in order to get there,
1: but well, yeah, that's, and that's the shit that people don't see, it's that whole, everyone's seen the poster or the meme of like, the iceberg of success, and it's like everything above the water is success, and everything below is hard work, failure, rejection, and it's, it's literally it's what it is. Late hours, lack of sleep. And I mean, it's it's funny because that's exactly what it is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh,
1: yeah, it was. Uh, so it, what was so what, so then? What was the vision for Ace? So like, I mean, you had your vision. You said, "I'm going to own this restaurant. This is going to be mine." You got the green light. Your cards. We're all in line. You met the right people. You made those connections. You invested your time and money. So, how did the vision of Ace come about? Because I know you were a huge part of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a melting pot of people that had, you know, uh, different ideologies on what the the right concept should be. Yeah, and that was something that I learned real. Uh, Real quick was that you need someone to kind of take full direction. No matter how many ideas you have Multiple people multiple partners have a different idea on what the concept should be you need one leader to say we're gonna take all these ideas and you need to trust us and That's how like I we found the right designer and you know the, the right architect, designer to really put that together, mm-hmm. you know, Kale Pondrack, I mean, Pondrack! Shout <laughs> out for
1: you, Pondrack, you got yeah. the
0: tag! Yeah, she uh, she nailed it uh, yeah. and she really took the reins. She out. really did. That place yeah. was fucking sick. That was a yeah. gorgeous fucking and, restaurant. Uh, you you know, on the wall. Oh. Yeah, it was, you know, it's all because of her, right? Yeah. All our ideas. Uh, we had, you know, all our travels all over the world. Everybody's been to, you know, so many concepts we've seen across the years of our travels. We want to do this. We want to do that. No, let's do this. You know, and you need someone to really take the leadership on it and come up with the mood boards and the vision, the designs, and also execute it in, yeah. in the space you have, right? But uh, that's how it all really came together. It was a melting pot of ideas and just you know trusting the the designer's process on what the end result would be. Yeah. And it was. Uh, so why
1: did you guys decide to go? So for those of you who don't know, it was it was, it was Mexican. Yeah, it was Mexican
0: with a little bit of Spanish infusion a bit uh, because of our chef Renee Rodriguez, you know, he's Spanish and also Mexican, so we had a collaboration. Was it because,
1: once again, as entrepreneurs and as business owners, were you taking a look at how restaurants were doing and what restaurants were doing well? Was Mexican chosen because that was a true passion of all your food tastes, personal tastes? Was it something that
0: the public was lacking in downtown Ottawa? Like, how did... Mm, Why yeah. did he become Mexican? Well, it was all about Renee's menu, right? Okay. So when we approached Renee Rodriguez, who won Top Chef Canada, yeah. um, you know, he was obviously at the pinnacle of his career. Yeah. just there was two young entrepreneurs who approached him and be like, hey, we're opening up this spot. You know, we'd love for to work with you. You know, and he was like, I got a menu that's already set in stone. It's perfect for this kind of concept: Mexican tacos, yeah. tequila. You know, uh, and then. Another partner of ours who had, you know, a lot of experience in the more nightlife aspects of things was very adamant that, you know, in order to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need to have late night. Yeah. you know, and It gives that, it that edge. Exactly. It gives that
1: edge. It's that sex appeal, the, the allure. It's like, it's interesting and I mean, the, that partner was totally right just because it's great to have a spot you can go to for a nice meal, a nice dinner. But what brings in like the money, like alcohol markup, is insane. So if you're having a very strong bar program, absolutely, like your margins in the kitchen can be a little more lax, and you can push out some great, like some fantastic food, at maybe a little bit of a lower price point than normal because your fucking alcohol sales are just crushing and you're pushing volume. Yeah. So you have. You know, nice food on the menu, but you also have your margarita nights and you've got your industry nights with cheap beer and cheap booze because the money you're making on the back end with the alcohol
0: is fucking insane. So, I mean, that's right. I mean, from my experience, I would agree with that. And uh, it worked. So, you had an incredible food program mixed with the cocktail program, which was, in my opinion... It
1: It was really... It was one of the first restaurants I worked at where... There were good cocktails coming out and they were able to be done fast. It so yeah. the first place I worked at where there was a batching program. Yeah. Which, for those of you who don't know what a batching program is, I'll give you a super quick crash course. Essentially, it is pre made cocktails made in volume that you're able to. Premium. Premium. premium, yeah. Premium. premium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that you were able to execute and throw over the bar in instead of 45 seconds to a minute in 10, 15 seconds. Absolutely. Like, let's say for a Negroni, a Negroni is gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. You would have all those already mixed together into a bottle that's been aging or uh, infusing with something, and then literally you do pour two ounces into a mixing glass, stir it on ice, pour it over ice, and it's done. And it's delicious. Uh, and it's delicious, delicious. And it's consistent, and the flavor is consistent. And
0: you can have multiple <laughs> multiple cocktails and yeah. not have to wait 10, 15 minutes. Exactly, exactly. So that was a big add value to our program which is yeah. the cocktail pre batched cocktail program yeah. and then you throw in you know the DJ music late night yeah. uh, and then mixed with a great chemistry of staff
1: working together that's yeah we talked about that earlier it was um
0: it was a it star was, lineup
1: it was a yeah it was like the who's who of like the, some of the heavy
0: bar staff in Ottawa. And they were good, they were passionate about, you know, the service industry, the hospitality industry, people actually, the servers that were at, worked at this restaurant, we basically hand-selected them all, mm-hmm. and each and every one of them were extremely passionate about what they did, and they give exceptional customer service. Everyone was, could sell. Everybody, everybody could sell, sell. Everybody. and we were, you know, it's, it's easy to sell when you have a good products yeah. too, right? So, yeah. they were financially motivated because they were making money, so, mm-hmm. you know, the formula worked really well. And it was fun. We had a lot of, lot of good times, a lot of laughs, and uh, a lot of good friendships were made out of that mean, we, and, we, and
1: we learned a lot. And I mean, it comes, it really comes full circle, um, even talking about the, the entrepreneur that you are developing and evolving into today. And I mean, everything that you learn about Ace, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything yeah. you are able to apply to future projects and Absolutely. future passions and I mean, you were dreaming for having dreaming of having a restaurant, this specific restaurant for like you said, eight to ten years. Yeah. I mean and I worked on Clarence enough. Street yeah. for
0: I worked at Lux and Stella and all yeah. these restaurants heart crown.
1: Well, to... My point is you finally attained that goal. You yeah. hit your pinnacle, your passion, and then you know what? I want something else.
0: Yeah. Well I just knew I could do it. Yeah. I, I realized my dream. Yeah. And, you know, there was some, you know, we got some pretty big awards as well. You yeah. know, when your when your first restaurant gets nominated in top 20 new restaurants in Canada. It's, yeah,
1: it, was, it, was, no, it was incredible. But I mean, yeah. my, my point is that it's amazing that, you know, everyone has this life goal or this life dream. Like they want to hit their pinnacle. And you're one of the few that you're like, okay, hey, cool. This is my dream. And I have it. I have it. Now I want more. Yeah. I want, like, I want to be even better. Not a, richer or more famous or whatever it is but I want more for myself because I know I can fucking do it yeah
0: and, and I think that's something that I've really learned during that process is I love building things yeah the creational aspect of the entrepreneurship kind yeah of well yeah from ground up
1: literally ground up ground up from is, from is my thing. favorite
0: it's that journey that is just priceless and a lot of entrepreneurs don't you know take that in consideration that it's the best part you know once you're up and running and your, your business is you know Making generating revenue—it's—it's yeah.
1: it's not the same. It's—it's well, it's like a high. Yeah, it's like a high. It's that thrill. It's—it's it's, yeah. It's you know once it's once it's controlled, it's not chaos anymore. And chaos is kind of having fucking fun, but yeah, so, it, it really is. Yeah, like it's, we, <laughs> my we, kind of chaos. Yeah, exactly. So, moving on to your next project and what you're working on now, everything that you took from operating a restaurant, how did that help you? Well, first of all, tell us like te- like it's so interesting. Why don't you tell us about? The product that you're now involved with and this is by the way been like what a five-year project it's
0: been five years it's gonna be five years in march okay so tell us about it yeah, yeah so for those who uh don't know i'm uh chief operating officer of a company called only mm-hmm. and uh me and uh katherine pluff who's a friend of johnny's and like, the team she worked at. She, she worked at ace yeah she worked at ace. Yeah. she was the first person that i ever hired on my own it's fucking incredible. So she walked in one day on a Sunday, having dinner with her boyfriend, and it was packed, and there was no staff. And she looked at me and she said, "You need help." And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "I can start Tuesday." And I'm like, "You're How right." You never told me this. Yeah. Like that's. I met her. That, I pre- that was her opening. That was her opening. And I'm like, "Yeah." do You speak French? She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay, let's go for coffee on Monday. We met yeah. at chat on Monday." She basically, I was so tired because I worked, you know, seven days a week. Yeah, I remember the opening, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she basically just took over the, the the interview and she said, Phil, I want to pay my student loans in, in a year. And I'm like, okay, I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. So we developed a really, really good working relationship. She yeah. was probably one of the best servers at the restaurant. I agree, 100%. 100%. She was also managing and like I could trust her more than anybody else there. Mm-hmm. So we developed a really good restaurant. And at one point, she came up to me with an idea, and her idea was, Phil, I want organic tampons delivered to my door. And I said to her downstairs, I said, that doesn't exist? And she goes, no, not in Canada. And then that's when I started to say, you know my background, because for those who don't know, my I worked in pharmaceutical. You sold, yeah, you sold yeah, medical, medical devices. Supplies, and yeah, phy- medical, medical devices, yeah. Yeah, so I did that before the restaurant.
1: You'd me. have to go and sell an MRI to a <laughs> fucking hospital. If you can sell an MRI to a hospital, you can probably sell some fucking tampons. Yeah, yeah. so
0: it was just a perfect fit because I, I knew a lot about the regulatory, I knew all the gynecologists. You know, it was, it was a good kind of like, you know, let's, uh, and things weren't really going well at the restaurant at that time. So I wasn't really happy, and I was working. The honeymoon was over. The honeymoon was over, and I just knew that uh, I needed to kind of start looking at plan B because I had, you know, doubts on my future at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So me and her kind of, you know, with other people obviously involved, we uh, decided to go all in in this venture, and we ended up getting uh, the distribution rights to the third. There's only three organic tampon manufacturers in the world, believe this or not. Okay. Like in the cert- entire world, in certified tampon organic manufacturers, there's only three on earth. This just seems so fucking low. Yeah. There's a lot of garbage organic manufacturers yeah, out there yeah. that are not certified. Yeah, but of course. In real talk, there's only three, and yeah. the two of them, the other two are already here in Canada. So, when we started to research, you know, how are we going to put this business idea into, you know, into concept, and you know, are we, is this going to really work? We discovered this organic tampon manufacturer. Out of Spain. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, I actually lived in Spain for two years as well. And um, it was where I lived in Spain and where the manufacturing facility is, was actually 45 minutes away from each other. No idea this place ever existed. And you were there for two years. And I was there for two years. So when we ended up discovering this manufacturer, I knew instantly that we were going to have a partnership with Mm them, And we were right. We ended up getting the distribution rights for Canada, um, so we basically raised a ton of capital. We created a brand. We obviously did the whole entrepreneurship journey, and uh, we are about to launch probably in the next couple months. We're also launching with a reusable tampon applicator, which is a game-changing device. Yeah, we talked about that. At, we talked about that at lunch. That just like
1: for me, as like I, I don't, I'm a fucking dumb guy. I don't. I know nothing about having a vagina because I don't own one. I know nothing about tampon business because I'm not in the fucking tampon business. So for me, like a reusable applicator would just, like, I, that makes sense, but like it's just, its it wasn't a thing before.
0: No, so there's only another, there's only one other company in the world that sells a reusable tampon.
1: So now you're
0: one of... Are you the
1: fourth or you're one of three so, for the organic certified? So yeah, so the reusable applicator is not an organic, it's just a device. But I'm right? just saying, so but right now, you'll be the fourth or you'll be one of three certified organic?
0: We're going to be the third organic. Okay, so pack.
1: you're the third in the world and you're the, you'll are the you be the second for the reusable applicator. Correct, yeah. So, so, you're so we have the distribution
0: pack. rights for Canada, right? So we're going to be launching with this reusable applicator across Canada. That's huge. It's massive. Yeah. And it's the way the future's going man like i mean like we need we to need, start we need to start focusing on
1: organic and environmental yeah eliminating plastics oh my God. single use and yeah. like we just,
0: now more than ever with everything that's going on yeah. i think that we need to start paying attention more than ever on environmental issues in in your everyday kind of in your bathroom, in your fridge, in your living room, like you yeah. need to start paying attention to what you yeah. consume. it's
1: not just you know using paper bags at the grocery store. Like we got to work a little bit fucking harder. We all, I mean, no one out there is perfect. I Absolutely. fuck up. I I'm guilty of doing shit all the time. But at least if you're making a conscious effort, like I do, have a actual water bottle that I use instead of buying fucking plastic bottles. Yeah, of course, everywhere. And good Small shit like that. You know what? You don't have to be. You know, the small shit changes the world. But. Anyway, so that's huge. Like, I mean, that's, that's yeah. Massive. So we're, we're
0: super excited, and it's been a long journey. Like I said, like five like years. Five years, like five years. And you Hear that,
1: everyone? It's not like it's not like okay, I have an idea. Okay, cool. Let's get it made and sell it. Okay, cool. We're gonna be rich in two months. No, Good things like, take time. Good things fuck, take time, man. right?
0: And uh, yeah, and it's also that was it's been it was just as much of an incredible journey as it was creating restaurant, right? And that's what I love about entrepreneurship. It gives you that freedom, that creativity. I learn. It's. That's what I love. Entrepreneurship is like forever education, right? Well, as I was gonna say, it sounds like school that you actually love. It is. Because you learn like,
1: multiple. This, yeah, and that'd be stuff you actually want to learn. These are things that are And you have just, to learn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want to be successful, yeah, obviously. To learn
0: but yeah, so it's just, uh, it's overall, it's just been an incredible journey of where I was in the restaurant industry times, from where I am now. And same with you, right? Like, I mean, I've watched the process and... Your your transformation since Ace to now is super inspiring. And that was like what? That's like six years. And you know, look at you. How many auditions? You were just on the boys. Yeah, like was, come on. That that's, was a lot of fucking. That's pretty impressive. That's the probably the hottest show on earth right now.
1: It's yeah, I agree. It's that's fucking fantastic. Pretty that was a lot. was a lot of fun to work on. And I mean, we can both agree that yeah, it's not it's not something that happens overnight. Like I had to at one point, and it was it was at the end of my my time at Ace was when I was going to Dubai because I wanted to make money because I wanted to come back and move to Toronto because I wanted to take a stab at this acting thing and it's just unless you're willing to fucking do it and put the work in it's just not going to fucking happen like it's great no one's going to do it for you one out of a hundred million people might be that lucky person that gets you know either wins the lottery or gets pulled off the street like I want you to be the next Leonardo DiCaprio but Jesus fucking Christ consistency beats everything like you gotta work you gotta have that work ethic
0: put those reps in
1: but yeah, but put the reps in, fucking flex that muscle.
0: But yeah, all I gotta say is that I'm really, really proud of you man. Because, I appreciate uh, I know that you have been putting in the work and you know, obviously from all your commercials and you know, your, your cameos and your, your series, like it's pretty impressive and I'm sure it's been really challenging at some times and you probably are learning a shit
1: ton. Every time I'm on set, just like you, every time you're at a meeting or you're, you're going to the factory and you're scouting production, all yeah. that kind of shit, I'm a That's the way you have to be. And every time I'm on fucking set, like I'm absorbing so much information and so much experience and so much knowledge because I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm focusing. And at the end of the fucking day, I want to be there. Yeah. Just like you want to be, like this is your baby, this is your business. Why would you not want to be present? Like you want to be present, it's your fucking jam. Like this Mm -hmm. is your future. This
0: is it. This is everything. There's no plan B for me. Like
1: this is it. Eat shit for a couple of years, so you can eat caviar for a couple of decades. Yep. Right? Like, <laughs> I like it. The way you got the way you got to fucking think. But that was, thank you so much for talking about your
0: entrepreneurial journey. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say in like you know ten minutes, yeah. but I mean, like it's it's kind of a nutshell of you know the process, right? That well, that's the, like, we can agree on. That's it's, it's it's
1: the consistency, the dedication to your vision. No matter what your vision is, it was you know my dream is to have a restaurant. Like that's my jam. That's what I have. You worked, you worked your motherfucking ass off there was the highs, the lows, the everything in between. You got it, you had it, and then you were just like, I have this, I want something, not even something more, but something different.
0: And I also wanna do better too, yeah. right? Like uh, we were just talking about some of the, the environment issues that are going on right now. I think entrepreneurs and businesses in 2020 really need to start doing things better. Ethics, they have to focus on business ethics. 100%, they need to be, they need to have a purpose and start doing more because, you know, people, businesses are under the microscope now and people are watching and paying a lot more attention to what their corporate responsibilities are.
1: You yeah, how they're, how they're treating their employees, how they're treating other the businesses, the way you know? they treat their customers, the environment. It's not just business ethics, it's ethics and in fucking general. It's, be it's a better, better person, be better.
0: Like, be everyone better. fucks up, you think be a better, better person. And, uh, it's really, really important. And hopefully a lot more people start doing the right thing. And I think it's happening. I think a lot of more you know, consumers and businesses are really starting to pay attention and there's no planet B you know what I mean like we know that we're yeah there's, in trouble. No, there's
1: no plan B because there's no planet B yeah. like we yeah. don't have one yet <laughs> we ain't on Mars yet fuck but um it's just it, it's it was good to talk to an entrepreneur so when we uh we talked a little bit about Ace when we come back from the break we're gonna we're gonna dive into the the history the deeper the stories yeah, the stories from Ace Mercado so uh come back and check us out in a minute guys
0: We're back <laughs> from the break live in the
1: flesh. I'm here with Phil and now what a lot of you have been waiting for, we are going to talk about some of the fucked up shit and crazy stories from the one and only Ace Mercado.
0: Uh, some of the stories that we've witnessed, um probably some of the stuff
1: that we did, some of the stuff that we saw. If you've worked in a restaurant, chances are you've seen and or done some shit. Like it's just part of the business. A lot of fucked up things go on behind the scenes. A lot of stuff that unless you've worked in a restaurant you just have no idea even exists. Absolutely. And...
0: And the general public has no, no idea. idea.
1: No idea. No <laughs> idea. Oh my God. Like yeah. it's not even necessarily to say that everything's like fucking weird or gross or disgusting. There's just a lot of shit that every restaurant has their their unique foibles and quirks and kinks i mean we we're
0: just talking about well said you know you put 20 to 35 year olds in a high volume testosterone and beautiful and sexually driven and stress High-paced and alcohol you know it's uh it's it's a it's a recipe for some uh <laughs> Some fucking stories is what it is. Yeah, exactly. So, let me ask you a question, actually. Okay. Um What was your first restaurant job?
1: My first restaurant job was my grandpa's pub. Our family
0: That's club. right. I think you did tell me this. Yeah. Okay, I forgot Channel about Annie's. that. It was and called
1: you... Annie's at that point. Okay, and that was in... Ottawa, Westboro. Westboro. Now it's the Baker Street Cafe. Okay, Ooh, that's a cool little spot. Yeah, they do very, very well. Okay. Yeah, that sure was we So you a were slinging Guinness uh, out of I wasn't nations. allowed I wasn't allowed oh, okay. No I wasn't allowed to To Pour anything Until I could pour A perfect Guinness Okay Des took it real seriously Like and I mean like I was It was your classic family pub Like I was mopping floors Fucking frying up chicken oh, wings Oh that's amazing make, I, Like you did everything You weren't just a bartender You were the bartender The server The cook The cleaner The fucking bouncer Like you the manager You probably shit time. What's that? You probably learned a lot. Oh my god, I learned I learned more about how to run a restaurant and how not to run a restaurant in my family pub than you know, most people do in fucking fifteen years. I learned it in like whatever two years that I was working there before they finally sold it. But yeah, day that day. was my first uh that was my first bar bar job and that was really, really fucked up. But like to this day, nothing will ever compare to Ace.
0: Yeah, I mean some of the stories that uh Well like,
1: even like let's talk about remember like we had this we had this fucking hostess stand. Oh. This custom built. That was the nicest hostess, hostess stand I've ever seen in, in my life. life. Finished it. I agree, agree. But it, it also, a, what? Did it weigh. It was at least 200 pounds. pounds. It was le- it like spun. legitimately at least 200 pounds. And we had a like, little tiny hostess. <laughs> and I mean, we'd have to go out and bring it in or bring it in the yeah. end Every and, night. And, and it, was, it was that one job that no one wanted to fucking do because it weighed 200 pounds. It oh. was like. And a miracle, no, it never fell on
0: anybody. Yeah, that was a it custom was, piece. Welding company out of arm prior or something did it. It was absolutely stunning. But yeah, it was a fucking pain in the ass every night, every morning to put it in. Yeah. Thing rolled over my toes a million times. <laughs> And like, yeah, oh just little things like that in a, in a high volume restaurant right? to the people that came in to the reservations, not showing up or half of them coming in. And, so you
1: have, yeah, you, you've, uh, that's one of your biggest pet peeves yeah. is the reservation. Process. I was
0: handling pretty much all around the reservations and that was like restaurant etiquette is big for me and yeah. reservations especially are, I take fair very seriously. Yeah. And it's, so like, what's your, so you give us a rundown then. So like.
1: What are your what What are you What are the dos and don'ts of making a reservation? Now this is for everyone in the fucking general public. Pay attention to this shit. So what are the dos and don'ts of making a reservation at a restaurant? So before From you a general
0: manager, before you make a reservation, just really make sure that you have a proper headcount. Don't over Don't overinflate the numbers, and then when you roll in your you know let's say your party of twenty that you book on a Friday or Saturday night, and you sh- you roll in with twelve people. Yeah, that is un-fucking-acceptable in my okay? <laughs> They should be charged for the extra guests that did not show up. Yeah, like the other eight seats. So charging for the other eight seats. You know, seats. we stack accordingly, right? So yeah. if we see the numbers, we'll bring on an extra server <laughs> and like there's so much money that is wasted. We could have filled those seats. It's just poor etiquette and it's disrespectful to the establishment that it's you're pay, visiting. It's a pain in the fucking house. Yeah, and it just shows that the general public does not have appreciation for where they're going. But, again, they don't understand what goes into a restaurant. Not a lot of people know this, but restaurant etiquette people, if you're making reservations, make sure you're the right amount of guests going in. Okay. That's, uh, it's always been one. Another one, I think me and you have very similar views on this. Birthdays, balloons, and cakes. And cakes, and fucking cakes. Yeah. Like, you know what, don't bring in a metro cake. <laughs> okay, like, and ask the servers to cut it. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna bring in a cake, go out and get a nice cake where the people in the the, the the restaurant staff will be happy to cut it because there's a skill for a fee. For a
1: fee. Oh. There should always be a cake cutting fee. 100%. I don't give a fuck if it's twenty bucks. There should be a cake cutting fee because my biggest issue with the whole birthday birthday cakes and the balloons and shit, and I I talk about this on Instagram, is. I'll say, say, like, at a restaurant, six times out of ten, but at a fucking nightclub or a lounge, nine times out of ten, people don't eat the fucking cake. It gets cut up and dispersed, and there's
0: napkins, and there's plates, and there's cutlery, and no one fucking eats it. We were pretty much a goddamn nightclub Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It happened all the time. Exactly. And it was a pain in the ass. Now, mind you, the staff would always... Destroy it. Oh, yeah, or we would make milkshakes out of it. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, whatever. The point is, it's a pain in the ass. It's a fucking mess. Order desserts from the restaurant. It's usually a lot better.
1: Yeah. I get it. Or do a birthday, a slice of cake, or a something prepared at the restaurant for just the birthday girl or birthday boy. If you're not gonna fucking like 20 people at this party at 10 o'clock when they've had a few, few fucking tequilas. And they've had a dinner and they might be having a little bit of a fucking dust up their nose they're not gonna want to fucking slice a cake
0: at 11 30 then you go yeah no it's just fucking it's not proper etiquette no it's and the it's, fucking it. balloons that for me is it the balloons just first of all super bad for the environment you leave them there you ask the fucking staff to take the, i would actually sometimes go and when they, when they, the guests were leaving, I would take the balloons and follow them out. They go, "Oh no no no, we're not taking them both somewhere else." They'd be like, "Oh no, really? Well, you brought them here, so you're fucking taking them." <laughs> we'll take care of that for you. But um, well, yeah. I mean, those are some of the, the the pros and cons about the biz, right? I mean, the general public doesn't really it, know what goes on. Whatever it
1: is, it's. I mean, you can say whatever. Like it's be the same thing as if you you walk into a mechanic shop. And you know you're starting <laughs> asking stupid questions like oh what's that? It's like that's the fucking fuel injector. Like oh okay cool fuck sake. You sound like an idiot. So I mean most of the general public who have never worked in a restaurant they don't know, they just don't know any better. They're ignorant. They don't understand. But the problem is you know it's a fucking restaurant. A lot of that shit is common sense. Like it happened a lot at Ace and it happens everywhere. But I noticed it happened a lot at Ace and Ace had tons because we had fucking those roll ups and we had it was like tapas style. So like everything was shared, there was side plates and everything. Is that when people walk and sit down at a table, that's fucking dirty?
0: That is another no. Now <laughs> you can't do that well, in you can't do now that Now it's like a fucking big time. Well, robot. no
1: one would just. No one would even think twice. No one would look at like there's a glass. No one, someone's been there. No, no, no. But no, that's no, always something that road. people have done. I don't think that's. Like I, don't I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Like it's why or it's the same thing as if you were to walk up when you could walk up to the bar and there's like a half beer sitting on a coaster with a jacket on the back of the bar stool and someone sits down, it's like no one's sitting here, right? I'm like, are you fucking well? Were you, I, in a, like, were you in a car accident like a pretty bad one when you were younger like does your fucking brain not operate? oh man that shit drives me that happened at ASA it happens at every restaurant but it always happens I just want an excuse to
0: bitch about that Fuck, yeah no I, I get mean? it and uh yeah there's other things too I mean obviously like we would hop on the bar lot, we would have to work and just kind of like the whole running tab things you know what I mean like you know, paying as you, one time, you know, you're wearing two buckets of yeah, sodas yeah, 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 yeah. and then you just keep coming back and it's like, there's little things that, you know, the general public can do to enhance their experience if they would just trust the bartender. You know, like, Is that a
1: word? Heighten. We'll fact check that one. But uh, also, but so of- I know what you mean and I mean, that's, that goes way back. I mean, it's funny that you said bar etiquette because that was the first, that was the the first episode. And that's all this, all this
0: same your old podcast, which was, uh, Oh yeah. Angry cash Outs. Angry cash Outs That lasted, that lasted six weeks. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That was, uh, that was was a a gem. gem.
1: But the whole thing with ACE is like, we were talking about like the unique things like the foibles and then the shit that the public doesn't see. So Ace Mercado, like we said, was a Mexican restaurant with Spanish, in, with Spanish fusion. Yeah. Okay. So regardless, there's going to be a lot of margaritas going out, and we. You think? We, <laughs> we, so we had a ton. We had like the most tequila in downtown Ottawa, the most variety. In yeah. We had downtown like downtown. over a hundred bottles of tequila, yeah. like and second in Canada. For, for Ottawa? For Ottawa? I don't know about that, but for Ottawa, that's fucking huge. Yeah. For Ottawa, that's. It was huge. a great huge. list. There were some incredible gems there. So a lot of fucking margaritas went out, and we didn't order like like shitty fake pre-made lime juice. lime juice. Yeah, like we didn't even get cold press. Like the bars that I work at now use cold press because the technology's better. It's essentially fresh lime juice. It's just whatever. It, it's great. It's fantastic. I've but heard we, about it, and it's amazing.
0: I we wish we'd have had that. Would, yeah, <laughs> thank God. But we had
1: we had to hand press. We had to hand juice. Okay. We had a juicer, like a machine. It looked like it, you know you. This thing in the middle would spin, and then you'd push. Commercial juicer. Yeah, commercial juicer, exactly. Like, we'd burn the motors out on them. It was... We just basically had busboys being there all night. Just all night juicing lines. Like, we had flex. God love them. Flex. The, like...
0: Harvester, I can do, boy, I I could do
1: an entire. I. You know what? I will do an entire episode on Flex one day just because he is. This character is just this. One of the most this, unique this human, human, human being, beings. Yeah, that's the best way. You most unique human being you'll ever fucking meet. He's an incredible human being. He's amazing. He was our bar back, our busboy boy for a while. And literally, there'd be nights where. His hands he, would melt. His, his hands. So there's something called. Lime si- dermatitis. Citru- dermatitis or yeah, citrus, citrus dermatitis. dermatitis. Yeah. It's a real thing and it's when you've been handling citrus, citrus juice or citrus for an extended period of time too often, the fucking skin on your hands melts off. Yeah, and your nails start getting a lot like, softer and, and more susceptible yellow, to coming off. Yeah. Like,
0: it's a real it's thing, a real th- and, and it's painful.
1: Poor Flex, it's
0: like, like to this wear happened,
1: he had to wear gloves to All fucking f- juice, like and, uh, to do anything because and his hands
0: head. were falling apart. And he never
1: complained. No. So. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fine, like, whatever, it's like, she you might have, lose. like, acid hair. Yeah, 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 right yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're about to lose a finger, yeah, that's good, I'll walk it off. That's just show you how much volume we did there, oh we, man. We, we took pride in creating the best cocktail program, everything was fresh, and we did it at any cost, you know, and, uh, yeah. Cost of our sand. But <laughs> well, also the people that came in. We had some incredible mates. people visit the establishment and some stories that I'll never forget. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah I remember one night, so like some of the sends were in there, like Daniel Alfred said was fucking hammered. Like, yeah, these guys would marks. come
0: in. Like, these guys are pro athletes, and I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening have served some pro athletes. Yeah, especially in yeah. the restaurant
1: business. You've served probably at least one famous
0: or quasi famous players person. players can crush. Pints yeah. like I've never seen. Yeah. So that was pretty inspiring to see that like a <laughs> big, big I thick Swedish boy crushing IPAs, you know, at seven percent. Um yeah, I mean a lot of this you know, this hockey players came in, you know, people would Well it was the
1: hotspot. Everyone who was everyone in Ottawa went to Ace. Yeah. Like that was like that was when we were at our fucking high times and it was like we had like the best fucking the DJs on the best nights. Yeah, the, music the was... hottest bar staff. Everyone that fucking everyone would party. Like you look around the room and you're just like everyone's fucking partying. Like everyone's having a great fucking time.
0: Yeah, it, it, was, was, so it was so dark. Sad. It was raw. The music it was, was good. It, it was, was a sexy vibe. 1,000 percent. A lot of people come up to me to this day and you know wish it was still around. Regardless, it's not. It was uh, it was a great chapter. Never looked back. One of my funniest restaurant stories of all time, actually, is uh, it happened at eight. At
1: eight, oh, is this the one that we were talking about earlier? Yeah, and this, uh, is a good one. this is probably the. We funniest can get into restaurant. story time now.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, an old guest, just an old regular, used to come in a lot, and um, <laughs> he actually decided one night to. Uh, Bring in an escort. What's the proper terminology? That I have?
1: Yeah, she's a uh, 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 sex worker.
0: Sex sure. worker, and uh, they were having some fun. They were having some drinks, and Saturday night, eight thirty. Restaurant is completely packed. Uh, obviously, both people were intoxicated. Yeah, but this is eight thirty. It's not midnight. Like, no, this I is know. still dinner. This, this is, is like dinner. this is like the second sitting. This is the
1: second. Yeah, sitting. we just like, get yeah. ramping up our eight thirty
0: yeah. sittings, and sure enough, right in the middle of the dining room. <laughs> Our wonderful, not gonna name names, starts sucking on a tit in the middle of the restaurant while having a cigarette lit, and I, <laughs> I think the whole staff stopped <laughs> for literally thirty seconds to watch what was happening. Like, you couldn't believe it was happening. It was like, this Full real tit in the mouth <laughs> while there's a cigarette lit, and we we're just giant. And oh. I walked up to them, and I'm like, can you put your shirt up, please? <laughs> and I think it's time for you guys to go. And I, I was dying so much, and I just took care of their god. Oh I just said, you oh just made god. everybody's night here. Oh my Get a room. God. See you later. Oh and that god. is the craziest thing I've ever seen in a restaurant, not to mention yeah. my restaurant. Yeah. But... High volume, busy restaurants—shit like that happens all the time, all over the world. It's—it's uh, it's an incredible environment to work in. It's Every the, weird, the weirdest different. shit. The
1: weirdest shit happens at the fucking at the best fucking restaurants, man. Like, the weirdest shit happens at the best restaurants. Like, I remember there'd be nights where. We'd literally because the bar was small, like the actual bar, like the the venue was a good size, but the actual bar, like you're, I'm a big guy, you're a big guy, Nick Leverty was a big boy, Nick is a big boy, Marty was a big boy, (laughs) Marty was a real big boy, (laughs) Isaac is a tall, tall enough guy. Like
0: we'd have to bartend like back to back. I don't know how the fuck you guys did your Friday Saturday nights selling eight to ten grand. Like you guys were so like in sync. It was really incredible. That watching, was the guys. fucking... That was, yeah, that
1: was when, like, that was, like, the pinnacle. And it, that, really but is. that goes back to having staff who have good chemistry, right? It like, was really Whether it was me and Isaac, thing. or me and Nick, or me and Marty, or Isaac and Nick, or whoever, whoever it was around. It was like a dance. It was... Well, that's the way you had to do it, because it was, literally, you were bartending back-to-back. Like, it was a small bar, and there was... Two wells, and we had service to worry about You used well. to yell, fuck! Yeah, Paul, That's funny.
0: Funny. <laughs> 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 that I saw a chip come up
1: that I didn't like. Fuck!
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, seven o'clock, middle of dinner, people at oh, my bar. Man.
1: Oh, man. It's just Johnny, don't
0: worry about it. Yeah, yeah. and I got to say, you are probably the funniest bartender that I've ever come across in my life Energy. to this day. Your bartending skills are hands down, second to none. Give I it a show you do give them a show, and uh, you would put a lot of smiles on people's faces, and a lot of people came to see you every goddamn night. It was yep. wild.
1: Give them a show, man. And it's yep. just like, Ace was also one of those places where it's just like, it was a place where you could be, I mean, there was a, limit, there was a limitation to everything, but you could be yourself. Like, yep. everyone was supposed to be kind of edgy
0: and different and cool, it
1: wasn't like
0: do you get even There was no like big like, like, set rules, you know. We we saw the creativity and obviously like everybody was making money and yeah. uh, people were loving it, man. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're uh, that's I think that's why you're such a good actor because I think the way you've bartended, you know, represents a lot of your acting skills, right? Like well, that's, it's yeah. It that uh, it was definitely myself.
1: I was definitely myself being unapolog- unapologetically myself at the time, but it was a good fucking time. I remember um how fucking, uh, how fucking hot that kitchen would get in the summertime. Oh. The boys pumping out fucking tacos and just... Man,
0: these people... Wait. You know what? Another thing too that was cool about the restaurant, we were talking about this earlier, is that there was no egos between front of the house and back of the house. Yes. Up. Thank you for bringing that back up. That this was is one of the only... so big. It's just... so big. It's just so rare. So rare. There was no egos from front to back everybody was like almost like a family yeah. we would all hang out together it didn't matter if you're a line cook or prep or you know sous chef or a bartender or waiter it was uh it was really nice to see because yeah. i've worked in restaurants since then for, and
1: before then for years and for years. it is
0: like you know,
1: yeah there's a fucking
0: divide it's
1: front of the house versus back of the house yeah like the front of the house is like fucking kitchen the back of the house is like Fucking servers, yeah. and fucking <laughs> everywhere. But like, no, Ace was like legit, like, we all hung out together. Yeah, and they like, didn't care. There was no ego no, there. No, man, it was fucking great. We don't party together. Like, would, like oh, man, though, you, yeah. like, whether you were fucking line cook all the way up to yourself, GM. Like, yeah. Didn't matter. Didn't fucking matter. Everyone hung out. Everyone was cool. Like that's so fucking rare. And that's why I think a lot of I, I
0: you know give a lot of success to that restaurant is because of that. You know, like everybody worked together. Yeah, that was a big
1: part. When it was when it was hot, when everything was good, like the golden age of Ace, like it was an unstoppable machine. Yeah. Like it was just everyone wanted to be there. Everyone wanted to work there. Like, everyone wanted a party there. It was like, that's where everyone wanted to party. And
0: it took a long time to get there. I mean, you know, you remember when we opened up day one, the way the the restaurant looked like. It was a fucking disaster day one. And that's
1: the whole thing, I think my parents showed up, like, the first week. And they were like,
0: well, we're not coming back. I was just like, fuck. Yeah, it was, uh, but, you know, things take time. Yeah. Whether it's a restaurant or a business or, or your next journey or whatever it is, things take time, and yeah. you know we put those reps in and we worked every day. We worked at it, and man, you you went to war with me, man. I remember me and you closing five, six times a week, and we just learned. Man. You get okay. out of there like four, five, six in the morning every night. Oh. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We didn't know where to put this. We didn't know how to close the place on the phone, POS till four in the, oh, POS, my the oh my god. T- Yeah, uh, it was, uh, but hey, you know what? Look at us now, man. I remember, like, yeah, look at us now. We're a lot, you know, fucking we're we're who we are because of
1: places like that and experiences like that. But I remember some of the best nights were we'd finish and then we'd sit in the kitchen, prop the door open, have a smoke, and sit with a couple of Modellos and just... And have some guac.
0: Oh. oh, and I used to write oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the chef yeah, yeah, yeah. a little <laughs> yeah. note that me and Johnny took a fucking he container, took a, of took a liter of wine, yeah, <laughs> with
1: the Valentinas and the oh, chips. Oh man! But what? just like whether it was me and you or whoever was closing, like a couple people would hang around, and like we just have a couple. Well, of we darts. also
0: started at four o'clock, went straight yeah. through, probably had two lamb tacos the whole night. You know, worked till four o'clock in the morning, and there's nothing better than that after work beer. After after, after
1: work fucking beer, anyone will agree to that. Whether it's a, whatever, it could be your glass of
0: wine, but that after work- Server drink after work when you've crushed a 12 hour straight, there is nothing better. That's the best. That's, the, that's like those are the best
1: tasting beers I've ever had. Yeah, like a fucking ice cold like Modelo Especial oh, yeah. or a Tecate. Tecate with the lime, with the lime dipped in the guy. black sauce. I fucking sure. love. The yellow's great, but I fucking love a fucking like a fuck you cold Tecate. Oh <laughs> man, so fucking good.
0: Yeah. So the the experiences, the journey. You know, you, you gotta, gotta mix us.
1: Like I work. I fucking. It's always weird. Like that was one of those places I worked with my girlfriend, like I, I I ended up dating, I ended up sleeping with, and then dating a girl I worked there. And that's that's <laughs> something else that yeah. a lot of people do at restaurants. I think every just about every restaurant or nightclub I've worked at, I've had an encounter with Oh, I'm sure. With, I mean uh, you're a machine at the restaurant. It's uh, subject.
0: Subject. It I took it on uh, I was definitely very active. Well you were definitely working. I was hey, you I know was what? definitely
1: very active. You're surrounded by fucking hormones, like it's they're flying, and then they add alcohol, fucking fan the flames, and everyone's hot and horny and whatever. A lot of people will fuck people
0: at their work or people they work with. It's where you're always together, right? You're working five, yeah. six days a week. Everybody's together. You're yeah. hanging out after to work together. You're going to social events. It's just yeah. it's, it's natural. It's like that at all the good lives and all the big chains, whether it's a restaurant or not. It's it's very yeah. Bad. If
1: you're around people that much. There's gonna be inter inter. Yeah. Office minglings, if you will. There's going to be all that kind of shit. You, uh, we talked about this earlier. You remember the morning? I think it was a fucking Saturday morning breakfast television. But we had closed the night before, too. That's another thing we didn't take into account. Like, we got out of there because Nick and I and you had closed. So we left. It was either the Saturday or whatever it was. But we closed. We got out of work at 3 a.m. And we had to be back at 7. Back at 8 at 7 o'clock because we were going on fucking breakfast television for the Christmas spot. And then what did we show up? What did we walk into? <laughs> and we showed back up at Ace. We got fucking all of our windows were covered in eggs,
0: ketchup, mustard, ketchup, mayo. mustard, mayonnaise. Like we got fucking
1: attacked.
0: Yeah. So that was the down. That was the the starting of the downfall, right? So that was got, the catalyst. That whole the reason for that all happening was the catalyst for Ace Mercado. That yeah. And really uh, cool. you know what? Looking back, I mean, uh, you know, would we have done the Mellows thing. Obviously, people who are listening to my So, yeah. So, what for people who don't know, what is the Mellows thing? Well, what happened was is that we were at... The restaurant was attached to an old diner establishment that was there for 90 years. Okay? It was a staple in the city. Yes, it was. We used to go there all the time for breakfast. But the reality is is that the landlord had approached us and said that they're not... He's not renewing their lease. So, it was a fucking fact that whether we took it or not, Mellows was not... Gonna reopen. Yeah. We're not getting this. Yeah. So we took it upon ourselves to say, okay, do we want a Starbucks or a pizza pizza beside us, or you know, we're busy every night. we you know use every night. Every night at that point. Could we use the space? The right Absolutely. You know, and you know, obviously there was a you know there's partners who decided to take on the space, and that's when it really started to downfall. We lost the community. It was a staple place in the city. Didn't go too well. And that, uh, that's why we got egged. And it was, that that was the start the tipping point. That
1: whole thing definitely was. And I mean, like, it was bad after that. Like it was, it left such a sour taste in people's mouth. Like everyone heard a different version of the truth. It's it's, at the end of the day, truth becomes gossip. Yeah. And. But that was the the ultimate truth. uh, Well, it was, it was like like, we lost the fucking community. Like, we asked me, um, the community was like, you guys fucking, as far as they were concerned, we killed Mellows. Yeah. Like, Ace Mercado killed Mellows. That's, that's what everyone really, liked. like, there was articles coming out about, like, it was, it was really, really, it was really bad. Hurt. It was really, really, really bad. Like, the, the, community, the community ended up fucking- oh, I was vilified, like, hey, man. I was- You were, yeah, you, like, well, that, that picture, they put a picture <laughs> of you in the paper, and it was one- <laughs> It was it, the worst it, picture it, that it, everybody's ever taken of me. Oh, my, but they always fucking do that. Oh, I know.
0: Like, fucking media. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we ended up going on Breakfast Television.
1: Yeah, that morning at, like, 7 o'clock in the morning.
0: And I was, I've was i never been a big fan of those community engagement things for restaurants. I mean, who... But, anyways, we ended up going on... It's just on, live, live
1: TV. Live TV is fucking tough. Yeah. Live TV is tough, and that's the big thing. And fits. no one
0: watches it anymore, so it's dead in my books. Yeah. But, hey, local television, keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, and... Uh, That was kind of the downfall of the restaurant, man. It was taken on a spot that maybe we shouldn't have, but you know, lesson learned. Never look back. I apologize to everybody that I could have, you know, offended throughout that uh, that transition. But uh, yeah, it It is uh, what it fucking is, man. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't
1: like there were. I think the big confusion was that people thought that there were decisions being made out of malice, and that's that's just not what the case was like and that's what you know the general public that's do. what got that's what got that's the story that got spun yeah. it was like they wanted to like ace killed mellows it's like well no mellows wasn't going to survive but that doesn't fucking sell newspapers mm-hmm. or whatever the term you want to use like no one gives a shit about <laughs> fuck out, whatever fuck <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yeah but, so, um, so yeah that, so, was uh, the, that was that really was the beginning of the end so never lose <laughs> a
0: community people yeah. Never lose a community, man. Yeah, never, yeah, never
1: have your community fucking turn on you because it, uh, it, it's real. <laughs> that was
0: and it cost a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah. So anyways, lesson learned for sure. Yeah. So yeah, man, but uh, now obviously uh onto you know bigger and better things. Obviously restaurants I've kind of put them behind me now, I've kind of retired. Yeah. And uh, obviously into something a little bit more scalable, a little bit more I don't have to work, you know, seven days a week, you know, fourteen hour days. My health and wellness is a little bit more important. Little now. more a little more prioritized.
1: Prioritized. That's amazing. I mean like like we said before, we both come a long way since uh since Ace Mercado, and now that uh, you know, you're, you're, you're your own boss. I'm becoming my own boss, doing what I can, and uh, it's that
0: entrepreneurship freedom that yeah. is so rewarding. Yeah, and, and a lot more people are doing it, and it's 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 great. great. Yeah, create the work. life you want, you know, yeah. and uh, surround yourself with good people. Spread love. Work yeah. hard. Put in those reps. Be in. A, be a better person. Yeah, be a better person. Well, I wanna I wanna thank you so much, Phil, for
1: being on today's episode. It was—it uh, was a lot of fun. I know you were nervous, but I think everyone will agree that you fucking killed it.
0: Yeah, I was a little nervous, not gonna lie. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's my first time. I've been listening to podcasts forever, but actually being on one is a different experience. Which is, uh, you know, you popped my cherry, man. So it's great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's uh,
1: well, I appreciate that. I'm all, I'm flattered. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was it was good to catch up. I've been back home in Ottawa for like nine months, so it was it was it was good. Yeah, to it's have great all to have you in town, and I'm really
0: looking forward there. to the swag being released, man. Yeah, the, the, I really the, like the, your branding, good. and uh, it's uh, it's pretty clever, man. I think you're really onto something. Yeah. It's uh
1: yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and it's 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 gonna be hopefully very successful. I appreciate the support, and I'll have more information on that coming up real soon. It's just everything is finalized. You know what it is, Nothing is overnight it takes time story of my life right now and uh, yeah fuck, well, you're five years anyway
0: but thank you so
1: much again Phil and
0: it's been uh, a pleasure.
1: I'd love to have you on again
0: hey. really appreciate it Johnny it's been a pleasure keep at it man honestly I'm really happy for you and uh, yeah you're a natural man so thanks for having me on peace out Pe- peace and love people thanks and, guys
1: and uh, yeah we'll see you guys next week this was Chewing the Fat and hope you all have a great day